welcome to Woo With Us. I'm Denise. And I'm Nicole, and we are your hosts. Going through a spiritual awakening alone is not easy, so we share our own journeys and explore spiritual topics as we align and enlighten our souls. We want you to join us and begin to believe in miracles, magic, and connecting with the other side. So with your heart and mind open, come woo with us. Hello, everyone. Um, We're talking about crystals today. Uh, My name is Nicole, and we also have Denise. She's going to be putting things in when she feels necessary. Um, I'm just going to talk brief. Well, not briefly. I'm going to talk about about crystals. So I'm going to talk about the history of crystals. I'm going to give you some tips on like why and how to charge your crystals, um, different ways to use your crystals. Why should you use crystals? Um, the different forms for crystals, like raw and tumbled. Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, how to tell if it's fake or real, Um, getting to know your crystals. I'm going to talk to you about mistakes people make crystals. Then we're going to talk about grids and um, how to pick crystals. And then I'm going to give you a list of top 10, in my my opinion, of crystals I think that you should start with if you're new to crystals. So I'm going to first go through the history of crystals just to give you a little insight. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting when I did my research. Um, The crystals have been used for a really long time and they've been used in a lot of different ways. Um, They've been used as talismans, which are like inscribed rings or stones that are thought to bring good luck or power. Um, Amulets, which are like ornaments or small pieces of jewelry that are used for like um, protection against like evil or danger or diseases. Um, There's been grave sites that have been um, excavated from 60,000 years ago where they found crystals that were used um, in different different ways. Uh, The oldest amulets that were found were 30,000 years old and they were made of amber. Um, jet has been popular over the years to make beads and bracelets and necklaces. Um, malachite has been found from 4000 BC. Um, even in the Christian church, I know that there's a lot of back and forth between like religion and spirituality and crystals, but even in the Christian church, there were grave sites that were found to contain like sapphire rings and agate and um, and different stones were related parts of religion. Um, the ancient Sumerians would use crystals. Uh, Egyptians made jewelry and amulets out of crystals. They also actually used crystals uh, ground up to make like eyeshadow and makeup. Um, so crystals, I mean, even in China and Mexico, they were used for like burial masks and beads and armor and instruments. Um, they've just played a really important role in the history of the world, uh, for healing and protection. Um, they, crystals and gemstones have been mentioned in the Bible. Uh, they've been mentioned in the Quran, uh, the book of Exodus, um, diamond thrones were found near the tree of knowledge in Buddha, um, the Kaaba tree in Hindu 
It's made out of precious stones. So crystals go back far and wide. Um, there was the cleansing and programming of crystals kind of started, they think, around the time of um, Adam and, you know, the corruption of his sins. And that's why they believed that they needed to cleanse and program crystals before they wore them. Um, during the Age of Enlightenment, which is kind of funny, that's actually when stones came out of favor in Europe. Um, there were a lot of experiments that were done in the 19th century to demonstrate the effects of stones, you know, and it's been kind of one of those things where a lot of the articles and websites that I found, a lot of people don't have a lot of scientific proof to really show whether crystals do anything healing wise for people. It, they really believe that it's more of a placebo effect where you're just holding something and and believing in it and that just it's the power of your mind and i'm not going to argue one way or another because i really want you to come up with your own decision about it um i know that i have been around crystals for a really long time and even when i was a kid and had no idea what a crystal was i know that i was digging in the yard and finding like really cool rocks and thinking that they were magical and special so you know that's without conditioning you know that's without somebody telling you that there was something to this that was just an instinct that I had as a kid when I was like you know more free and open to believing in my intuition so I do think there's something to crystals and even if it is just your mind you know like I'm holding this crystal and I believe that it's gonna raise my vibration and I feel my vibration raising Maybe it isn't the crystal. Maybe it's just having something tangible in my hand that I'm believing is going to raise my vibration. I go back to what harm does it do? You know, so if you believe in it, I don't really know that I need science to prove to me whether it's real or not. So again, I'm not, I'm not here to argue scientifically whether there's basis for it or not. I believe in it. It's helped me. And if you believe in it also that I'm just going to give you some information based on my experiences and some research that I've done. So I'm going to delve into charging your crystals. Um, they talk about charging crystals and it's a little confusing because I feel like they're kind of incorporating a lot of things all at once. So there's charging your crystals, but it's like um, cleansing them. And it's also, you know, bringing in energy into the crystal. And it's also bringing an intention into the crystal. So charging them in general, why, why should you do it? Um, the crystals, stones, um, they're all thought to have some energy in it. And when we're using them on a daily basis, we're actually thought to have taken some of the energy away. Or if they are crystals that can absorb energy from you or your environment, then they can actually become clogged because they're holding on to the negative energy. So, um, the reason that we charge them is to get rid of that extra negative energy or to give them an, an increase in the intensity of the energy that they actually hold. So that's the reason why charging them is kind of a big deal. Um, there's a lot of different methods for charging crystals. One of the ones I have to say is my go-to is charging under the full moon. 
Um, the reason I like this is because I don't feel like there's any harm done to the crystal when you're leaving it outside to charge in the full moon. And, and actually, you don't even have to leave it outside. If you have a windowsill that you know you feel is in direct light of the moon, you can place your crystals in the windowsill. And it's a power, full moons are a powerful point of lunar cycles. So that's why it's thought to um, charge them. Uh, new moons bring the energy of growth. I've heard that people can charge their crystals that way too, but I usually just use the full moon. Um, sunlight is another that people talk about. I caution you with sunlight because there are crystals that are very sensitive to the sunlight. Um, so they say to use um, sunlight and submerge it into a bowl of sea salt and water. Uh, the water cleanses, the sea salt and water cleanse it, and then the sunlight is supposed to charge the crystal. Um, so that's another method of charging. The full moon, I think the reason why people don't like the full moon as much is, you know, if you go to a store or buy a crystal and it's going to, you know, it's the full moon just happened and you have to wait until the next full moon before you can cleanse it. So um, in that situation, I would recommend another alternative, um, which is to burn incense or herbs over your crystals. You just pass your stone through um, burning uh, herbs like sage, sweet grass, uh, palo santo, cedar, sandalwood, lavender, or jasmine, and you do this for about two to three minutes. So I feel like that's another safe method, and it's something that you can do whenever you want. So you buy a crystal, there's not going to be a full moon for a while. You can use this to, you know, cleanse your crystals. You know, when I used to buy my crystals and we didn't have the full moon or, or whatever coming up, I would, if they were water, if they were allowed to be touched by water, right? Tumbled stones are typically okay. Anything that's not tumbled and it's rough, I would always go online and kind of search out which crystals um, could not be placed in water. And if they could, I would just get a bowl of clean water. I would, you know, put my intention in the water to cleanse and clean the crystals and I would throw them in the water. Also, if you, um, like me, I will put a jar of water out in the full moon, pretty much every full moon. So I just always have like full moon water. I would also use that and kind of get the full moon um, essence into cleaning the crystals. And the other thing is I would sometimes buy bags of like sage herbs, like it, you didn't have to burn them and just throw the crystals in with the sage um, little like pieces. So another couple of clean, cleaning tips. Yes, that's good. I didn't even think about actually putting it in the, um, the herbs themselves. That, that's a really good thought too. Um, and the moon water is definitely something that I've heard uh, is good for your crystals. And I think that, like she said, is a way to bring the full moon energy into charging your crystal when the full moon isn't available. Um, they talk also about burying your crystals. You can bury your crystals in the earth and that's supposed to help to heal and rejuvenate them. Um, I, there's been back and forth that I've read about how long this is supposed to take. Some people say it takes a week. 
Some people say it takes a month. Some people say it takes a year. Um, this isn't one of those methods that I've done a whole lot of research in or that I've used myself. So I'm not really sure there's going to be some more research if you decide to go this way. And I think you would need to look into or just go with your intuition and just think, you know, I think you can kind of tell when if you've been using your crystals for a while, when you feel like they need to be cleansed and when you feel like they are cleansed. So you can also ignore whatever they say on the internet and just go with your gut and think about what feels cleansed to you. Um, sound baths are another thing that you can do and that's also safe for crystals. Um, it shifts the frequency. So placing them in like a singing bowl and ringing the bowl is supposed to be good for cleansing the energy and um, you know shifting the energy. Um, immersing them in salt. And again, this is something that you need to be somewhat careful about because there are softer stones like turquoise, opal and calcite, and they can scratch easily. So you may not want to put those in salt, but um, sea salt is always good. Let your stones sit in the salt overnight. You don't even have to add water. You can just immerse it right into the sea salt and that'll help cleanse it. Um, they talk about using your breath. You can use your breath if you clear your mind and your outside thoughts and you hold a crystal in your hand and place it near your mouth and you breathe forcefully over your crystal. And they, they say you can wave your hand over, you know, to push your breath over the stone. That's supposed to um, clear the energy of the crystal as well. Uh, you can connect your crystals to your spirit guides. So you can use prayer and meditation and ask your spirit guides to um, help cleanse and, you know, set intention in your crystals. Uh, visual cleansing, you can also picture source energy or healing light filling your crystal and watching the old energy being dissolved crystal. And then um, something that I actually do use is other crystals so i mean eventually you're gonna have to charge those crystals but in a pinch i use selenite um, clear quartz amethyst and carnelian are all supposed to be good for clearing and charging other crystals so another safe method for charging your crystals and not having to worry about if you're going to be damaged in the sun or water um, so the other thing that you need to do as soon as you charge and cleanse your crystal is to um, set an intention. Um, so you want to, sometimes it's about doing some research. There's tons of websites that talk about the different properties related to different crystals. Um, you know, you might want to look at what properties are related to crystals that you have or crystals that you want. And then when you get those crystals, it's always helpful to set an intention that, you know, correlates with that crystal. Um, and this just increases the energy of the crystal. And I think it just kind of focuses the crystal on, you know, there's 20 different things this crystal can do, but I'm using this crystal for this one intention. So when I hold this crystal, not only will just looking at the crystal remind me of what that intention is, but that crystal is also focused in that one intention because they know that that's what you want to use this crystal for. So setting intentions are good for your crystals. Um, there's different ways that you can use your crystals. 
um, in meditation. It's popular. I do that all the time. You can actually hold your crystals in your hand. Um, if you're sitting cross-legged, sometimes I'll place the crystals, you know, um, in front of my legs or like inside my legs. Um, when I'm doing self-reiki, I may place my crystals um, along the chakras of my body um, or maybe on places of your body that are you're wanting to focus on. Maybe I want to focus on my solar plexus. So I'll place, you know, the appropriate crystal that I want to work with my solar plexus on, on my solar plexus while I'm doing my meditation. So, um, and you can also wear the jewel crystals as jewelry while you're meditating. Um, jewelry is really good to keep those crystals around you at all times. I have rings, I have bracelets, I have earrings, I have necklaces, I have all kinds of jewelry that have different types of crystals. So when I really want to, maybe I'm going for a job interview or I'm going to a place that's going to be crowded, um, you know, I may use different crystals to help me in whatever situation I'm going to be in. Um, you can place your crystals in your purse or your pocket. Um, you can place them in your car. You can put them in different places of your house. I know like I have a money or abundance corner where I have a bunch of different crystals like citrine and aventurine and um, jade in my corner on the south side of my house. And that's supposed to be my money corner. So I place those intentionally in that area to help me with that. Um, people use crystals for Reiki, like I mentioned, and then I'll talk about this later, but there's also crystal grids and that just increases the intensity and allows you to use a lot of different crystals in one thing to help you, you know, with something in your life. So those are a bunch of different ways that you can use crystals. I've also heard side note, cause I just remembered to add this, um, the crystals that come in spheres can sometimes be good for actually like massage. So I have um, like a big selenite ball and you can actually like place that on your bed and just kind of roll it along your back. And that's supposed to be good for massage and healing also. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can use your crystals. Oh, and one more, um, you can create elixirs using your crystals. Um, they actually have special jars that you can water bottles. Um, a lot of them try to keep the crystal safe from the water. So then you don't have to worry so much about your crystal getting damaged because of water. Um, but then you put your water in and it can be moon, full moon water. It can be just regular drinking water, but it's supposed to, you know, create an elixir for whatever that crystal you want to use for your intention. And like, go ahead. Do you want to say something? I will say that it's important to look up if you're going to do a crystal elixir to make sure that you're able to drink something that has touched the crystals. If you do put the, yes. there are definitely ways where yes. you can activate the crystal energy into your water without it actually touching your water because they could, they could be, I want to, I don't want to say poisonous, but poisonous might be the right. Yeah. Word. They said toxic. Yeah, toxic. They said malachite is toxic. So don't, don't put malachite <laughs> in water. Don't yes. just drink the water. Yeah, <laughs> do some research. They really talk about quartz being a good family to 
the elixir waters just because they're not going to be toxic and they're not going to be damaged. But um, like I said, they have special containers that will, um, some of them will touch the water, but some of them actually keep the crystal safe and just in the water without actually touching the water. But yes, you do have to be careful. Um, so here's some reasons why you should use crystals, in my opinion. Um, energy work is the biggest reason. Uh, if you're feeling like you have low energy, there are a lot of crystals that can help boost your energy. Selenite is a real, real high vibe um, crystal, and that can help you actually raise your energy level. Um, they can help prevent or absorb negative energy. I know um, Shung, Shung type, um, and maybe even black tourmaline are good for uh, absorbing negative energy and even um, energy from your electronics. So they, they'll actually have like um, slabs of this where you can place your phone on it or you can put it near your computer and it'll help keep those um, away from you. It can release blocked energy and they can also transform the energy of your aura. So um, they can increase focus. If you are wanting to learn new things, um, having certain crystals in your area are good for helping you learn new things. Um, they can help you study and they can also help you focus during meditation. There are a lot of crystals that are good for helping you decrease your stress and anxiety. Um, I know lepidolite is good for anxiety. Um, so just holding these crystals or having them around you can help you with your stress and anxiety. Um, they're thought to help with healing physical ailments and illness. And I will just say as a disclaimer, again, do not do this in lieu of any kind of medicine or going to your doctor. Um, I think that the best way is probably to do all of that together. Um, because I think it'll give you the most healing. Um, you know, there are things that are serious and, you know, I don't think you want to leave it to chance, you know, with just thinking that a crystal is going to be the one thing that's going to save you. I think you just need to do everything you can. Um, it can help boost your mood. Crystals can help ground you. And they can also be something that helps you connect to universal energy, um, angels and deceased loved ones it can be a good way to connect um all right can i say for our friends out there who may not be as woo woo and as like you know wanting to believe the power of crystals i think one of the things that got me more clear on how i was using them was, you know, remember when you were younger and you were trying to like remember something. So you would like wrap a red, they would tell you to like wrap a red ribbon around your wrist so that when you saw the red ribbon, you would remember that you needed to do X, Y, Z. You can use crystals the same way. Okay. I'm working on being more confident today. So I'm going to put on my citrine bracelet. And when I'm having one of those moments where I'm feeling discouraged about myself, I can look down when I see that citrine bracelet and be like, nope, I'm working on confidence right now and use your crystal that way, you know, or, um, negativity, right. If you're, 
if you're an empath, which we're going to talk about in another episode, you're always absorbing people's energies. And if you forget to protect yourself and you're letting that into you, you know, if you have a, a crystal that's good for, you know, protecting and absorbing negative energies and you're wearing a bracelet or you're carrying it in your pocket or something, having that recognition that that's there is going to make you remember in that moment when you're feeling that negative energy to be like, is this mine or is this somebody else's? Or to actually set up your protection bubble to keep that energy out. So using it in a more practical way too, and not just like, woo woo, these things have really good energy. Um, just for those people out there that are listening and they're like, it's just a rock. Kind of like my yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's true. I forget. I forget because I've gone to the woo-woo side. It's hard for me to remember, but yes, they can be used in practical ways and, and they're really pretty. I mean, who doesn't like crystals? I mean, I, I know so many people who don't have these beliefs who will look at a, you know, a geode or a raw amethyst and think that that's really a pretty rock. I mean, you know, they, they can just be beauty. You know, if you don't believe it, fine. Keep it around your house just for the beauty of it and just see if it does anything for you. So there are a lot of different shapes. Um, I actually am going to talk about eight different ways or shapes that you can find your crystals in. Um, and they're really not in any particular order because I'm starting with cubes, which isn't really all that common. I mean, that's not where I started with my crystal collection, but cubes are one of the shapes that you can find stones in. Um, these are good for giving you grounding vibrations. Um, it helps you connect with the energy of the earth. And also they're good for placing them in the corner of the room for protection. You know, like um, cubes of black tourmaline, you know, placing them in different corners of your room is good for protection of, you know, lower vibrations, negative energies. Um, pyra pyramids are really cool. I mean, they're pretty anyway. So, I mean, just for beauty, um, but they're powerful for manifesting your desires. Um, the base is thought to act as an anchor for your intentions, where the apex um, sends the intention out to the universe. So pyramids are often used at the center of a grid, which again, I'll talk about in a little bit, um, because that's supposed to help with whatever your intention is for the grid, kind of putting it out in the universe. Um, pyramids help um, connect your energy from your crown chakra to your root chakra. Um, they allow you to feel in tune with a higher dimension while staying grounded on the earth. If you remember when we talked about grounding and root chakra, you know, we all want to get up to the higher places, those higher um, chakras because they feel good, but we need to focus on staying grounded as well. So maybe meditating with a pyramid would help you stay grounded while also allowing you to kind of go to those higher dimensions. Um, pyramids are good for feng shui in your home. Uh, it's said to bring in the fire element um, and it cleanses and balances your chakra if you place them on each chakra while meditating or you just visualize them on each chakra while you're visualizing the chakras. Um, so then the next one is spheres. I really like spheres. Um, they're kind of hard to 
um, place unless you have something to put them in because they roll all over the place, but they're really cool. I like using them for meditation. There's something about the roundness um, that's kind of soothing while you're meditating to just kind of roll in your hands. Um, it reminds you that you're part of the greater whole. Um, it gives off a peaceful vibe and it connects you to the life force. Um, like I said before, it can help with uh, massage and relax your um, tense muscles. Um, this, because it's a circle, it emits energy from all sides and it helps to expand an the energy in an entire room. Provides us with a feeling of stability, harmony, and unity. It balances our energy, represents the circle of life. Um, it releases energy wherever it's placed. Um, they, these can also be in the center of a grid to help emit um, energy and intention evenly. Um, and sometimes it can be used like a crystal ball. And I know that's going to be woo-woo for some, but you can actually focus on this and it will help you kind of clear your head to receive things that maybe normally your head would be too clouded to receive. Um, and then it can help cleanse other crystals. Uh, tumbled stones, these are super popular. Um, tumbled stones are really good because they kind of fit anywhere. Um, you can hold them in your hand, you can place them in your pocket, you can put them in your purse. Um, they're considered stepping stones into the crystal world. And I think that's valid because I really kind of feel like a lot of us start off with tumbled stones, usually as kids, you know, we think this is cool. You know, we pick this up, it's smooth, it's pretty, you know, they're usually tumbled stones that we start with. Um, they tend to be inexpensive, they're easy to find, uh, they're travel friendly, and they can help you uh, while meditating, focusing on releasing your anxiety. Palm stones, they're kind of like tumbled stones, but they're actually big enough to fit in your palm. Um, but there are different ones, like they do have a thumb stone, which is indented on one side, so you can place your thumb, um, which I think are also called worry stones. Um, gallets, which are bigger in size, they're more circular and chunky. Um, and then touchstones, which are like extra large palm stones. These are great also for meditation. Uh, they're usually pretty affordable. They're good for a fidgeting device. So if you tend to, like I'm doing right now, moving all over the place, then they can help you kind of calm and not move so much. Um, maybe your kids can use them at school when you know they are taking a test. Um, it's good to carry in your pocket or your bag. And you can also sleep with them. It's pretty maybe to place it under your pillow or near your bed. Um, Crystal towers and points are popular. Um, some of them are sharp at one point and you know dull on the other point side, and some of them are actually sharp on both sides. Um, they're good for staying super focused on something. They have good manifestation. Um, it, it's good for moving energy in a certain way. You know, placing it the way you want energy to move with the point going in that direction. Um, sometimes I use crystal points or towers um, when I'm doing Reiki, that is distance Reiki, I'll actually use different stones um, with different chakras and I'll just mix them with stones and towers just to kind of keep the energy flowing while I'm doing Reiki on someone. 
Um, they help move any blocked or stagnant energy. Um, you can place them on your desk to increase focus and concentration. Um, and they're good for uh, cleanse, like taking in a bath or taking in a shower. Um, and they're also good to place on uh, grids. Again, something we'll talk about soon. Um, then there's hearts, which I'm not saying this is super common, but I do have a couple stones that are heart shaped. Um, they're not naturally found in the shape. Obviously, that'd be really cool if they were. Um, they're cut and polished into the shape. Um, it's thought that this shape will emit a strong, loving energy. Um, they're good for activating the heart chakra. They help heal old wounds and trauma. They bring in healing and peace. Um, they emit energy in a gentle and loving way, like a heart. They're good for people who are sensitive to energies of crystals. So if you tend to be more sensitive, you're more easily affected by the energies of crystals. And they kind of recommend that you use things like heart-shaped crystals because it's supposed to be a little easier for you to handle the energy of the crystal. Um, clusters, which I kind of consider clusters to be raw, which it does say it's the natural form for a crystal. They're good for bringing unity to a space. They help open dialogue and bring community to an area. Um, you can place them on a table or another communal area. Uh, they have strong vibrational energies because there are many different points within the cluster. Um, they're amplifiers. They bring positive energy in and transmute the negative energy. They help us feel more energized and able to make decisions. Um, and they protect us during, um, you know, during times when maybe there's, you know, lower energy or negative energy around us, or when we're doing some kind of work where we need protection. Geos um, have their ter terminated points located on the inside, which is actually good for cleansing other other tumbled stones. So sometimes geodes can be used um, where you actually place your tumbled stones inside the geode and that's supposed to help cleanse them. Um, let's see, a couple more. Wands, wands are good for cut cording, cord cutting ceremonies, which I'm sure will be something that we talk about. But basically we all may have connections vibrationally with, between us and other people. And wands are supposed to be good, especially like wands like selenite wands and clear quartz wands are good for actually um, cutting those cords that you don't want connecting you to somebody else anymore. So you are no longer with someone, there's an ex in your life or a friend that you know doesn't, doesn't bring good thoughts anymore. You can use wands to cut those cords. Um, they're good for healing. Uh, they're good for massage um, and they allow energy to flow in certain directions. They can locate energy blockages. They can charge other crystals. Um, you can use them as writing utensils. You can draw your words or manifestations in the air with them. And it's also good for meditating. And then there's eggs. Um, they emit energy from all sides with a focal point on the top. Uh, it represents fertility. It's great for transformation, starting new um, projects, new 
when you're brainstorming, it possesses a feminine energy. Um, seer stone, which is like a roundish chunk of stone is polished on one side. It's like looking into a window. It's used for crystal gazing, which is um, just looking at a crystal and just to see what you get while you're focusing on that crystal. And it's good for absorbing energy and it's good for sleeping um, underneath your pillow. There's free form, which is a regular round shaped stones. They're used decoration and meditation and to reset and charge your energy. And then finally there's flames. These aren't super common and usually they're kind of expensive, but I would consider these more for decorations, um, but they do represent the movement of a flame. You know, so that's the element of fire. So, you know, there's some use there. Um, one thing that I started collecting crystals, I didn't even know was a thing, but I then started worrying about was, do I have fake or do I have real crystals? Um, a fake crystal is considered to be anything that's made out of glass. Um, or maybe it's been dyed or it's been chemically altered or they've added glitter to it. Um, it takes away from the true nature of the stone. So it's been altered in some, some way. Um, how you can tell, here's some different ways you can tell. First of all, it may have a strange name. They say like strawberry quartz and aqua, aqua quartz. They're usually stones that are made from glass or dyed quartz. Um, so you, and then smelt quartz is glass that's melted down and usually neon colors are added. Not that these are bad. They have their place. Um, you know, they're pretty. They can even be, you know, have some healing properties. But it's just if they're trying to pass these off as something else and charging you for it, it's just nice to know that this is actually glass and not a stone. Um, then there's ones that are saturated with colors. Um, if you look at a stone, you can usually tell if it's real just because it usually has a more gentle color. Um, but if you see that the crystal has cracks and you can actually see darker um, colors within those cracks, that usually indicates a dyed stone. Um, the dye can come off in the sunlight or with a damp cloth. So if you want to test it to see if it's actually been dyed or not. Agate is the stone that is most often dyed. Um, that usually just amplifies the different bands within the agate. So it's cool, but um, it, it's usually been altered then. Um, and citrine, which I have a fake citrine, and I'm so bummed when I found out it was fake, um, is something that's used a lot to be, it, it's a fake stone usually because citrine is really hard to find and so therefore it's expensive. So people will actually burn amethyst and pass it off for citrine. You can usually tell that it's not citrine because burnt amethyst will be really dark yellow and then it'll have a background that's white. So that's usually how you can tell it wasn't uh, citrine, it was actually amethyst. Um, 
perfectly symmetrical patterns. You know, you look at nature and nature is beautiful and you can look at a spider web. But the thing about nature that makes it so awesome is the fact that nothing is the same. You can't look at a snowflake and find one snowflake that's exactly like the other. And crystals are the same way. They have their own chips. They have their own flaws. They have random shapes. If it's perfect, then more than likely it's fake. Um, you need to know your retailer. You can research your retailer. Um, if they're true crystal sellers, they usually will be able to back up the authenticity of their gems. Um, you can look at their websites. You can reach out to them and ask them how they get their supply. Um, and then just knowing the market price for stones. If you find a cheap citrine, more than likely it's fake. Um, China, India, and eBay, not to just call out those places, but they're more likely to be known for um, creating and selling fake crystals. So just beware. Um, if a crystal feels too glassy, it's got a glassy look or feel, usually that is because it's made out of glass. Um, crystals are gonna be heavier than glass. The glass is gonna be lighter. Um, and if it's perfectly crystal clear, more than likely it's also glass. Air bubbles, which is something that you'll find in glass made item, crystals won't have air bubbles, but if it's made out of glass, it will. So that's another indication that it's fake. How it feels, quartz is cold to the touch. Calcite has a waxy feel. You'll know when you start dealing with more crystals, how different crystals feel. And you'll be able to tell if just by feel sometimes if it's real or if it's fake. Um, Mohs hardness scale is another one. Uh, glass, just for your information, is around a five, whereas quartz is around a seven. So if they're trying to pass off glass for clear quartz, then you would be able to actually scratch something you know to be quartz on that clear quartz that's really glass because glass is a five and clear quartz is a seven. So you can scratch something higher on the scale to something that is lower on the scale. That means it's softer. Um, but I highly recommend if you're using this as a test, don't do it on polished stones, maybe just on your raw stones because you don't want to ruin them if they are real. Um, and then there's a hot needle test. You can push a hot needle into your stone. And this is for detecting usually if it's plastic. If it's plastic, it's gonna melt. Um, if you're using this to test for turquoise, turquoise would burn and fake turquoise would melt. And amber, if it's real and you use a hot needle test, it would actually smell slightly like pine. Um, commonly faked, Stones are quartz, rose quartz, amethyst, turquoise, citrine, malachite, and then some. Um, there are some man-made and dyed crystals that have a place. I love blue goldstone. Um, this is a man-made crystal. Inside goldstone, though, there are copper flakes, which is a good conductor of energy, which is why goldstone can speak to people and be a good energy source. Um, so now we're going to talk about getting to know your crystals. I think it's kind of the same as using your crystals. There's a lot of different things that you can do with them. You can carry them with you, put them in your, you know, use them as jewelry. You can sleep with them underneath your pillow, under your bed. 
um, meditate with them. You can journal how you feel about your crystals. Um, there are books and websites about crystals that you can learn about the different properties. Um, you can make crystal infused water. You can do baths with crystals. And there's also candles. Um, I know Energy Muse is a good site for finding candles that actually have crystals inside. So you get the bonus of the candle and then the crystals that are inside. And every time you light the candle, it's supposed to give the intentions off of whatever the crystal was. Um, the last couple of things I'm going to talk about are grids. So um, I know that a lot of people have probably seen grids. Um, it's kind of a way to uh, manifest some of your dreams, goals, and intentions. It's a powerful healing tool. It combines, you know, a bunch of different crystals together. It's usually a special arrangement of crystals. So there'll be crystals. Maybe you'll incorporate um, pieces of nature. And it usually has some kind of um, geometry to it. Um, most grids have a central stone with surrounding stones and amplification stones and then objects of importance. Uh, the central stone is going to be what acts like an anchor. So when you're creating these grids, um, you want to First, cleanse all the crystals that you're planning on using. They also recommend that you cleanse your area um, that you plan on creating your grid in. Um, you can light a candle, you can burn incense, you can play music that resonates with you. This all just kind of brings up the energy in your area while you're creating your grid. Um, you need to decide what your intention is for that grid. So you write it down on paper. Um, you place it below your central stone. You want to be specific, and they recommend that you focus on a need rather than a want. Um, choose your crystals. I recommend choosing through intention, but you can also focus on healing properties that are associated with your crystals. Um, then they recommend that you start from the center out, but some people actually start from out, outward in. Um, but you place your crystals down as you feel guided to. And then once you're done creating your grid, you need to activate your grid. So people will use wands, um, clear quartz points, a pendulum, your bare hands. But basically, you want to touch each crystal in the grid while you're repeating a statement out loud. Usually, it has something to do with what your intention is for that grid. Um, you want to, when you're finished, express gratitude. They recommend that you leave your grid up for a period of time. Some people do it permanently, but at least 48 hours or maybe what you feel intuitively called to leave your grid out for. Um, full moons and new moons are common times to create grids, but again, you can do it whenever you like. Um, and then they recommend that you meditate with your grid when you're finished. Um, I'm going to talk about ways to pick your crystals. There's a lot of different ways. I recommend first intuitively. I know that when you are first new to crystals, like I was, I wanted every crystal known to man. So it, it was a little hard for me to calm down enough to go where I felt guided, but just calming yourself when you get to a crystal place or whatever crystals you feel like you keep 
leaning towards like rose quartz was a big one for me I just kept feeling the need to have rose quartz and I'm not a pink fan so that was actually surprising and that's what let me know that intuitively I did need this crystal um so intuition you can also look up the properties of the different stones and if you're trying to focus on something like you know uh self-love or you want to focus on anxiety, you know, calming your anxiety, then finding crystals that are within those healing properties. And since there are a number of crystals within the same healing properties, then you go from there with your intuition, you know, like rose quartz, aventurine, rhodonite, rhodochrosite, chrosite, they're all good for your heart, but maybe you feel more called to select one of them over the other. So those that's where your intuition would come in. Um, colors, you could be connected to certain colors. I know that I'm connected to blue and green, um, and there's different reasons. These, these colors are to different chakras, and they're connected to different healing properties. So if I'm connected to those colors, there could be a reason that I need to focus on those areas in my life. Uh, chakras are important. You can pick uh, stones based on chakras, like the root chakra is going to be more reds, browns, and blacks, like garnet, jasper, petrified wood, jet, um, orange, peach, and brown are more sacral chakras. So like orange calcite, peach moon, peach selenite, amber, those are good for the sacral chakras. Um, Yellow, gold, and chartreuse are good for like the solar plexus. Um, so yellow topaz, citrine, pyrite, golden tiger's eye are good for those. Um, green and pink are associated with the heart chakra. Um, so they're like green aventurine, emerald, malachite, rose quartz. Um, light blue, blue and teal are associated with the throat chakra. So celestite, angelite, blue lace agate, those are all good for this area. Indigo and violet are associated with the third chakra. So if you want to focus on this chakra, you might use like lapis lazuli, um, sodalite, blue kyanite. Violet, gold, and white or clear are associated with the crown chakra. So amethyst, clear quartz, selenite, clear calcite, these are all good for those chakras. And finally, I'm going to give you a list of the top 10 crystals, in my opinion. I think if you're on the fence about which ones to get, I feel like are good for you. Um, hematite is good because um, I'm kind of picking them based on the different chakras and also, you know, some common things that people may need from a crystal. So hematite is good for your root chakra. It repels negative um, moods and energy and it helps ground you. Carnelian is good for the sacral chakra, and it brings prosperity into your life. Um, it brings good energy into your life. It also helps you with getting your creative emotion, creative energies flowing. Um, golden tiger's eye is good for the solar chakra. It also clears negative energy, and it helps build confidence and helps with a lack of motivation. Green adventuring is good for the heart chakra, and it brings abundance like love and money. Rose quartz is good for the heart chakra also. And this is more of a soothing and calming crystal. And it's good for self-love. And I feel like that's something a lot of people need to focus on, which is why I feel like rose quartz is good. 
Um, blue lace agate is good for the third eye. It's in an, a highly spiritual stone and helps enlighten you. It could also help with depression or anxiety. Amethyst is good for the third and crown eye. It's a clarity stone. It also relieves stress and anxiety, helps open you up to your intuition and um, brings in physical and emotional healing. Labradorite is good for the third eye chakra. It helps you get unstuck. It transform, it's transformative and magical um, and it strengthens your spiritual growth. Moonstone is a good crown chakra stone. Um, it's good for uh, new beginnings, it brings peace and balance and it calms aggression. And then finally, selenite. Um, I love selenite. This is one of my first crystals and has a really high vibration, which some people may be negatively affected by. So you do have to be careful. But this crystal is known as a master healer and will help balance you out. And it's also a good crystal to have because it can be used to cleanse and energize other crystals. Um, so I've given you all of my insight that I feel like would be good for you to know about crystals. Denise, do you have anything that you want to add? I do. I just want to say for anyone, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to the chakra podcasts, there's a lot of information on crystals and related to each chakra there. And also in the show notes, if, um, you wanted to go back and check that out. Um, I wanted to go back quickly to the crystal grids because I want to just give some examples of how yeah. you can do it. Because I know when I was first starting out, I was like, what the heck are they talking about crystal grids, you know? And I think the very first grid that I ever did was actually for a vacation I was taking. So like really think outside of the box for these things. It doesn't have to be like, um, oh, I want to make $5,000 this month or, oh, I want to buy a new truck or whatever manifestations it can be. I want to bring more love in my life. I want to bring more money into my life. I want to have a really good vacation. It could be any number of things that you want to bring into your life. And so what I did when I started out for that travel one, I was like, okay, what do I want for this vacation? I want peaceful travel, right? No delays. I want harmony with all the, we were taking my daughter and my niece. I want harmony among them. I want it, excitement, you know, we want good weather. So I took all of these things that I wanted. And then I, then I went back and I associated them to a crystal. Okay. What crystal could be good for traveling, peaceful travel, you know, Malachite. Okay. What's, what's good for harmony? How light FYI, get yourself some how light. This is my, if you're anxious, if you're an anxiety filled person, I wear Howlite <laughs> so much during the busy season of my job. It's insane. Um, so I brought that in and then I just made it like really pretty intuitively. And I just added them to this little, like you can buy a little wooden crystal grid set on anywhere. Basically you can go on Amazon, probably go to a crystal shop, go on Etsy. Everywhere has these little wooden crystal grids and you can just kind of follow the geometric patterns on there and then follow Nicole's instructions on how to activate it. So that was like one way I did it. The other thing that you can do is you can grid your house, which I've done. So I actually have little selenite wands on every single windowsill in my house, just to kind of keep like the, the, protective clear energy in and then I have buried in all four corners of my yard and all four corners of my house black tourmaline little pieces of rough raw black tourmaline for protection so there's all kinds of different ways that you can use this and it just get just be creative and have fun with it really like don't get so when I first started I was like so tied up in the rules and like 
what does this one do? And what does that one do? And how do I clean it? And how do I charge it? And I was like, as soon as I let go of like the rules, I actually enjoyed it because I actually got in tune with like, okay, what, what does this crystal feel like for me? Cause it might feel totally different to you or you or you or whoever has it, right? Like you might pick up a piece of how light and be like, this feels like nothing to me. And for me, it's like so calming and peaceful. So just let your intuition, intuition guide you there. Um, trying to think of what else I wanted to say about crystals. I think that was it. You brought in so much information that like I had no clue about. So thank you for that. It was super informative. And um, it was informative to me too. I was, I was kind of excited with all the information and probably gave you way too much information. I apologize. <laughs> well, but yeah, I was excited. Not enough information, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know what I wanted to say. I want to say if you like for my opinion on what you should have as far as as like definitely have the chakras, definitely have a stone for each chakra that you can use. And then always I feel like always have like something protective in your home, something that makes you feel protective. Usually by my front door I have something like that. And then selenite for sure. You can, it's so cheap usually. I mean, you can buy those selenite wands that I, that I gridded my windows with. I got, think I got on um, somebody's website and it came like in bulk, um, pretty like, you know, 20 bucks or something. And I still have leftover ones. And I like put some in my truck and I put some in my, you know, in my bedroom and next to my bed. I use them for my Reiki sessions. I open with clearing everybody's energy with that wand. And then I close the healing in with the wand. Um, there's just so much you can do with crystals and it's like never ending information. So I hope everyone really enjoyed that and can take something away from it. We'd love to know and hear, email us, leave us some comments. That's all I have. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss another. If you feel called to do so, please give us a five-star rating. This helps our podcast reach a broader community and enlighten more souls. 